What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. And uh, as you probably know by now, if you've been listening to the show for the last several weeks, you know what happens on Fridays. It is me podcasting from the parking lot of my son Atticus's jiu-jitsu class. Uh, and as we're all super excited about Fridays, we also have pizza night and Mandalorian night. So woohoo! Always look forward to that as a family. So uh, tonight, uh, I wanted to talk about something which uh, I was actually kind of browsing on the forum saying, hey, I wonder what I want to talk about tonight. And uh, there was a, uh, a thread, let me actually get to it, is it blowoutcards.com or blowoutforum.com here. Uh, and the, the question was, what card would you never sell personal memories? And uh, I didn't want to really you know, stick with just that. Um, I wanted to kind of extrapolate out to a few different areas, but um, start off with, you know, I want you to think about this while we're, you know, while we're talking here together back and forth. Uh, <laughs> um, what what card in your collection, uh, so think about a few things. Number one, what card in your collection would you like never sell? Why would you never sell it? And what card in the past do you regret selling? I'll probably go with a couple of regrets of mine first uh, because like right now I'm just like, I'm ridiculously happy with my collection right now. Like I don't see myself uh, moving a whole lot of cards that, uh, that I just love, like out of my Conseco collection, out of my vintage cards or anything. So, but I'll, I'll try to explore that a little bit later. But um, so there's a few cards that come to my mind as far as what cards that I personally regret getting rid of. And I'm going to tell you guys something like <laughs> everybody has these stories. So it's just part of collecting. When a part of collecting, when a big part of collecting is trading and selling and uh, so on and so forth, it's just going to happen. So don't feel too bad about uh, giving up on a, a card or so, at some point that you didn't want to, uh, because also sometimes you just have to sell also have necessity. Um, again, like I've encouraged you in the past, it's okay because it happens. Life happens. We have, uh, higher priorities than cardboard sometimes, you know, heaven forbid that happened <laughs> and, uh, we have to sell stuff from time to time. That's okay. Cause guess what? There's always going to be something bigger and better out there down the road whenever we're ready. Uh, there's a season for everything, right? So uh, as far as uh, some cards I wish that I had never gotten rid of, a few had come to my mind uh, that might have been quote-unquote monumental cards. Uh, the first thing that I was thinking about uh, right off the top of my head was going to be... Um, Perhaps the first 87 Tops Rookie Cup Canseco card that I had uh, that I opened with a pa uh, from a pack with a uh, family friend back in 1987. That card's long gone. I have no idea where it is. Needle in a haystack. It's somewhere buried in probably billions of other 87 Tops <laughs> cards out there, which is fine. Uh, there's another card that I thought as well. Um, it's a 1989 Fleer card from my childhood that uh, I sent in through the mail for Jose to sign. And I think my mom gave me the suggestion to uh, protect the card itself. I think she was the one that told me 
uh, or suggested that I, that I wrap the card in cellophane to protect it and send it out that way. Do you know how thin cellophane is? Like, it's like thinner than a, than a plastic sleeve. So, so funny. Um, and it's funny to think about, by the way, just, uh, you know, back in 1989, how, how much I would think that like of a 1989 FLIR card that I had second thoughts about doing anything, like even sending it because I didn't want my 1989 FLIR Jose Canseco baseball card to uh, get lost in the mail or something. I mean, shoot, I was already paying, what, 23 cents for the stamp or whatever it was and had to um, address the envelope as well as uh, uh, write a letter. I mean, that's a lot of work for a nine-year-old, you know? <laughs> so anyways, I uh, I go ahead and I think that I decide that the... Uh, uh, cellophane idea is a good idea and I don't know why I didn't have like a top load or something like that. I, I think I had like one of those plastic hinged boxes that I would keep some of my better cards in so maybe I just didn't have one uh, but anyways I sent the card that way and a few months later something magical happened you guys like it came back like there was an envelope that was addressed to me in my handwriting from Jose Canseco and so I opened it up and, uh, you know, to my, uh, much to my chagrin, I see my 1989 FLIR card, uh, in that envelope with the cellophane still around it, but Jose signing on top of it. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I, I don't know how any of us could have ever thought that that would have happened or guess that would have happened, but I would imagine, especially back in 89 or 90 or whatever it was, with the amount of autograph requests, you know, I mean, surely he just didn't have time uh, to pull everything out. He's probably just, you know, boom, 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 going through all the the signatures as quickly as he could. Um, So I think when I sold my uh, entire collection, like the first time back in like 2013, like my childhood collection, I think it was in there somewhere. I think I reached out to the buyer at some point and he's like, yeah, sorry, I don't have any more. Um, but, uh, yeah, not really a big deal. It's, uh, it's, it's not something that I really truly am heartbroken over for not having. Um, but you know, it would be kind of fun as a memento to have it, but either way, it's a memory and it's a memory that's even more cemented now that I'm able to talk about it in recorded format here. So it's kind of fun to think about the whole story as it is. Um, now from a, uh, uh, a money perspective, the biggest one that hurts, and, and guys, we all have these stories too, uh, particularly having to do with Mike Trout. So, <laughs> so if you have a, a Mike Trout story, you know, uh, it's okay. We've all been there. But um, I remember uh, somebody posting something on Craigslist years and years and years ago. It was a 2009 Bowman Chrome Refractor Autograph uh, Blue blue refractor of Mike Trout and I knew that he was a big deal uh so this guy was asking I don't remember how much it was I think it was like $500 and the card itself I I looked up I was like wow that's a lot of money for a card let me take a look and so I I searched and sure enough like a number of them had sold at a thousand I go oh huh okay and so I meet the guy at the corner. I pay $500 cash for this card. 
probably the most I'd ever paid for a card at that point. And this is again, years and years and years ago. And, uh, so I say, you know, I, I can make at least, you know, probably three, $400 off this. So, uh, I see it and I remember we're meeting in this parking lot, it's cold out and it wasn't like protected for some reason. I don't know if it wasn't a holder or maybe we took it out just to see it. But I remember it was a windy day and just thinking, holy crap, what if like a gust of wind comes through and just takes the card out of our hands? Oh. <laughs> and I just remember being really nervous about that. But, um, Anyway, so thankfully that wasn't the case. I buy the card, I put it up for sale, and later that night I sell, and I'm on top of the world because I make like a quick $400 or whatever it is. <laughs> How wonderful. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to look. I don't remember how much these things sell for now. Uh, but I think nowadays you could probably sell them for like 20 grand or something. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. But, um, same thing happened when I went to a baseball card show, uh, and I picked up like a pile of Mike Trout rookie cards, like including, I think a 2011 tops gold. And back then it wasn't really a big deal. I mean, this was years ago and I think I paid like 50 bucks for all of them. I was like, you know what? I think I can actually make a couple hundred off these or you know, whatever. And just, uh, being, uh, excited about, uh, you know, marveling how shrewd of a business person I was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm not really too terribly torn up about it because I would have never bought any of those Mike Trout cards to hold them. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't something I was interested in doing. I didn't really care about Mike Trout. Um, but, uh, other than, you know, for, for reasons of profit and, I would have never in a million years have guessed that he was going to be the face of baseball. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, you know, the fun thing was, is, is uh, uh, earlier this year, um, I don't know why, I just, uh, I had visions of a PSA 10 2011 Topps Diamond Mike Trout dancing in my head. And I remember going back and forth with this one guy that had one for sale. And uh, I think he... I don't even remember what it was. What was it? Ah, uh, I think he wanted, I'd have to check my notes, but I think he wanted 2,500 for it. And I believe I was at, uh, like we were close 2,300 or something. And I felt like it was a good investment. And, uh, it's with Mike Trout's meteoric rise and his card card value prices. I, I just, you know, you always feel like they're always going to come down at some point, but his just never did. Um, and I feel like the 2011 Tops Diamond uh, has firmly cemented itself as uh, the iconic card of the 2010s, and really, really for the in the past like 20 years, probably. I mean, my yeah, the 2001 Bowman Chrome uh, refractor autograph Albert Pujols rookie. Uh, you know, it's probably the next iconic card or, you know, more so than the trout or something. But, um, I think those are one and two in the past 20 years. I think if I, if I think harder, I might be able to come up with a few others, but, uh, but Mike Trout being the best player, uh, in baseball right now, the number one guy, the face of baseball and having been this way for a while, I just thought there's something about this. So, uh, I talked to the seller and he didn't really want to budge, which I didn't, you know, I understood. I said, okay, that's fine. I get it. And so, 
uh, I think a week later or two weeks later, we talked again and he's like, yeah, I actually picked up another one. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with, with selling one. I'm going to go on vacation or something. Uh, so I was like, all right. So we end up doing a deal for whatever it was, $2,300 or something. And guys like it hasn't stopped going up. Like <laughs> the last I checked, I think last night there's, there are a couple, uh, that sold over the past few days for like $4,200. Um, which is fantastic, obviously. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm super excited about that and very thankful for it. It's a beautiful card too, by the way. But um, uh, when you compare that with the 2009 uh, trout that I had that, you know, goes for whatever it is now, I don't know, 10, 15, $20,000, uh, you know, it seems like it's a drop in the bucket. But at the very least, I have maybe a, a bittersweet note on Mike Trout just because I have something that's doing pretty well now and it's, you know, one of the most iconic cards of the past 20 years. So, uh, you know, glad I didn't sell that early. I, I considered when it hit 3000 and it was like, well, okay, I make 500 bucks. I was like, ah, I've been here before. <laughs> Don't want to do that again. Um, and who knows? I mean, you know, they, they could bust Trout for steroids tomorrow and, you know, it might tank or, you know, he might have a, uh, career ending injury. You just never know. And that's part of what makes me a little bit nervous when it comes to investing in active players, but that's just part of the game. I mean, you know, it just happens. And so, uh, but trout is about right now anyways, is about as safe a bet as you could, uh, have on, on any player right at this point, I'd imagine. But, uh, so as far as, uh, other cards, um, obviously y'all like I've had, uh, a number of Kinseiko cards that I've sold uh, that I really uh, would like to have kept, um, but they made more sense financially to sell them at the prices I did anyway. So I'm not, I don't really have any regret selling what I did, but there are some cards I really wish that I, uh, that I kept. However, um, it was so fun going through the chase and the hunt again and it's like I feel like uh, uh, just kind of living a dream sometimes being able to have that that much intensity and being able to successfully hunt down these same cards that I love so much again um, and so that's been really fun uh, but you know for example like there's a uh, a wood card of Conseco that was a one of one that I let go of that was the first card that I sold and, uh, you know, man, I, I loved that card. Uh, but guess what? You know, Topps Museum, they they uh, created another one and I was able to get it. You know, so I have that as a replacement. Uh, you know, I had uh, all of the signed bat knobs that's ever been made. Uh, and I always said, you know, some point down the road, I'm going to pick one up again. Yeah, I just don't know. And so sure enough, a few months ago, I was able to pick up one. And it's gorgeous. It's an awesome card. Uh, the bat barrel, I talked to you all about it a, uh, uh, couple nights ago, I think it is, uh, with a very complex trade, but I was able to get back my, my old bat barrel card, uh, my favorite one and, uh, you know, my favorite patch card I never sold. So right now, um, to kind of, uh, combine these two, there are a lot of cards that I wish I didn't get rid of but was able to get them back. So I guess I don't really wish that I didn't get rid of them because it's a lot more fun to get rid of them and bring them back into the collection. Um, but inside my Conseco collection now, it's like filled with basically a bunch of cards I'd never want to get rid of. 
Now, will that change? Yeah, maybe it will. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe in a year, a year from now, I'll be like, man, you know, I'd rather uh, be fully invested in transformers or something. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> or Voltron. I don't know. Uh, you just, you just never know what's going to happen. I guess uh, that's what's so fun about this hobby is you could uh, do whatever you want and you can come back to it and uh, over and over and over again. We all have those uh, those thoughts and feelings, I think, of, you know, what if? What if we sold out of everything? What if we got rid of the things that, that we hold so dear right now? Uh, what would life look like? Uh, and so I've had the benefit of going through that already. And you know, I'm here to tell you, it is survivable. It's livable. So it's, it's, it's fine if you want to do that. Now, as a disclaimer, I have zero intentions, guys, of uh, selling my Kinsaker cards I have now because I just love them too much. I really do. I've uh, I've got them on my uh, table behind my uh, desk that I just go through and look at them uh, all the time throughout the day. It's just so much fun. And, you know, it's, it's funny because in many ways I enjoy those Kinsaker cards. Jose Kinsaker, uh, you know, more than... The Babe Ruths and uh, Sheila Joe Jackson, Ty Cobbs, Honest Wagners, and, and you know I have those guys, Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, I, and like I would probably, I would assume that I might actually sell those vintage cards before I actually sold uh, the Canseco cards, and I think a lot of that really has to do with uh, the fact that I know that those vintage cards, in spite of the fact that they will probably continue to increase in value. Um, they're, you know, they're obtainable again. One of ones and these prototypes and stuff, they may never uh, be attainable ever again. Uh, you know, like it, not just the one of ones, but like, you know, let's say that that bat knob or barrel, I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll make others, you know, which by the way, I'd like to point out to you again as well. Um, if you have to get rid of one of one, remember <laughs> the card companies are probably going to can make uh, make more of them down the road, uh, but when it comes to the prototypes, like the I don't know the eighty six Donners highlights white letter, the eighty eight tops cloth uh, test, the eighty nine leaf and Donners blue chips, the ninety Donners aqueous, uh, the ninety two Ace novelties, all of those cards. Like uh, if I got rid of those. Um, I may never see those again. Like they may literally be locked up for decades. Uh, you just never know. There are people that will uh, sell out every now and then, and you know, amazing things will pop up. And even if those don't pop up, then other amazingly, wildly crazy cards will pop up also. But um, but you know, like the E ninety dash two Honest Wagner, the Candy Wagner. Uh, if I sold that, it's there's going to be another one. There there are others out there. Uh, the Cracker Jack uh, Tris Speaker Lajway that I have, those will pop up again if I wanted to sell those. Uh, the T206 Cobb, the 33 Gowdy Ruth, the 34 Gowdy Garrick, the 38 Gowdy DiMaggio Rookie, all of those cards, I mean, the 52 Tops Mantle, all of those cards with as impressive and amazing as they are, um, there's just several out there. Same with the Jackie Robinson Rookie, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente Rookies, uh, Satchel Page rookie, all of those are still out there. Like, there's no concern or worry. It, it'd be a bummer to sell them because I really do enjoy those cards. I really do. But there's something about this uh, 
quote unquote manufactured scarcity <laughs> that these card companies have uh, have come up with as far as producing all these one of one cards and everything um, and uh, lower numbered gorgeous cards with the you know like the laundry the laundry tag that I picked up the other day oh man it's beautiful it's like one of the best cards in my collection um, I would. I, I couldn't imagine getting rid of that because of how amazing it is. It's probably one of the most significant uh, uh, patch cards that's uh, that's ever been made of his because of the rookie uh, jersey, the rookie uh, gamer jersey that it came from. Uh, you know, so that's another one that I just you know I couldn't imagine ever selling. Um, so you know, there's there's a number of them in my collection out there. So I guess the the uh, the moral of the story is you know if, if you're building a if you want to build a collection that's meaningful uh, you know try to try to build around and collect the cards that you would never want to give up uh, and maybe don't worry about all of the cards with like uh, the fluff because there's a lot of fluff that we can collect from time to time because we quote unquote think it's cool or or it catches our eye or something. Um, or it'd be kind of neat to have. And those cards are fine, but like, you know, maybe before you actually add some of these cards into your collection, think, does this really have staying power? Is this something that I'm like really in love with? There's like a few cards I'm that I have in my collection I'm not really totally in love with uh, that I might get rid of. I'm actually listing a few um, and I'm considering to move a few as well, if not to replace them. Like there's a, there's a, a few actually vintage pre-war hall of famers that I may consider moving in a little bit as well, just because, you know, they don't really speak to me as much as uh, they did before I bought them. And, you know, cards have a funny way of doing that though. Don't they like, you could get like super duper excited over a card, but once you get it, you're like, eh, it's not as exciting anymore. <laughs> so the type of cards that I want to keep in my collection personally, and that I would suggest maybe for you as well, uh, to do the same is uh, to only have cards in your collection that you're like mega excited about getting, but also mega excited about having. Uh, I think that's the trick because I think if if we drilled down, we looked really hard into our collections, we could probably say, oh, okay, there's a large portion of these cards that I just don't really care about. And so the you know question is, why not sell those and put that money towards uh, cards that we really do love. Um, you know, it's it's exciting, like trading and selling and, and searching. That's what makes this hobby great, guys. Like, we we could be on this, like, never-ending hunt. I mean, I'm actually in the middle of uh, of trying to do, do a, a trade with somebody right now for a, a pretty, you know, monumental card. I don't know if it's, it's monumental to a lot of people, but mostly to me, um, I think. And... Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, guys. Like, I don't know if the trade's going to happen, but the anticipation, the fun, the excitement and enjoyment of uh, of trying to put together a deal that might actually get this card into my collection, ah, so fun. There's, like, n- there's like no feeling like it. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to, like, buy a card, and I was talking to you all about this in another podcast a few days ago about the art of trading, how it's uh, a lost art by many, but it's, like, a necessity many times to pick up cards that uh, are in collections that people would, wouldn't otherwise get rid of. So um, anyways, it's fun. It's just a fun thing to do. Hunting down cards that you really, really want 
as opposed to just settling for you know some mediocre cards that don't really mean a whole lot to you so um anyway so i mean i guess that's a whole lot of talking about you know cards that uh that we uh you know don't want to get rid of and cards that we might have uh gotten rid of but you know wish we didn't and i'll tell you what i'll, I'll go ahead and end on this one there's there's one card that uh i don't think i'd ever get rid of either and um uh for sentimental purposes really is i remember uh you know so my dad passed away a little over a year ago and you know legitimately like the saddest thing that we've gone through i mean it's just it was an awful awful time and, and we miss him like crazy i can't believe uh it's been a little over a year now actually um you know, it's it's nuts but uh anyway before uh before he passed away he was in this rehabilitation center and so me holly uh atticus and my mom we all went there to cheer him up and visit him for a while and so I remember I had a box of 1987 tops and uh, I brought that along. I actually wrote an article on TamanBaseballFan.com about it. If you want to look at it, it's probably, mm, I think I probably wrote it 2017 at the end of 2017. I, I think maybe it was, maybe it's 2018. I just don't remember anymore. But um, anyways, there's pictures and everything. I, I remember uh, I brought this box and we opened it as a family and you know, let, you know, let, let's not mince words here. I was the only guy that was like really, really, really big into baseball cards here, but dad was collecting with me. Um, if only to, for no other reason to just be close with me when I was growing up, um, which I loved and appreciated that about him. Uh, but Anyways, I, I just thought it was kind of a fun callback to the first time that I opened a pack of cards. And uh, I, I wanted to bring this box of A7 Tops and uh, open it as a family with, with him. And, uh, and so there we are in the rehabilitation center, uh, laughing, having a good time, joking about like uh, who's going to try to bite into that horrible horrible gum that's you know like 30 plus years old and and uh everybody just going through those magnificent wood grain bordered uh cards and getting excited whenever they hear about somebody so atticus goes through some and goes bo jackson i've heard of him and it's the a7 tops future stars bo jackson and then you know dad pulling out the a7 tops mark mcguire and uh you know, I, I don't remember who pulled the first Kinseiko or, or the Kinseiko. I think there's only one. Uh, but in the end, we were able to uh, uh, have the Bash Brothers. And we took a picture of me holding Kinseiko and Dad holding McGuire. And, uh, and so I left those with him, the, the Bash Brother cards. Uh, and, you know, he's like, we were about to walk out. He's like, oh, here you go, Tanner. He's like, no, 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 those are yours. He's like, really? Are you sure? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, I don't know if that meant a whole lot to him or not. I, I think it did, um, but uh, it was just a it was a fun is a fun time. And so I remember, uh, I think it was after he passed when we were visiting my mom, uh, and I think we went into the office and there's like the at least the Canseco card was there from what I remember, and it was 
you know, look, it, <laughs> that that card had uh, was not meant for a PSA 10 holder ever. Okay, <laughs> it was in the rehabilitation center. We were, you know, jostling around cards all over the place. So it's got bends and wrinkles on it now, and uh, and so it's now a part of my uh, forever binder. And uh, I think I've got a, a mint copy of it on front on the front of uh, of it, but and maybe that one's in the back. But that's one card that I'll, I will. Uh, I will keep. There's no reason to get rid of it ever. Um, and even if I did lose it or whatever, it's fine because it's uh, it's the memory that was mainly uh, that's mainly important to me. But it's nice to have a a piece that's a connection uh, to this hobby that uh, that we all love, um, and my dad, and my whole family. And uh, so that's a uh, it's a it's a really fun piece and i think those are kind of the most exciting things of uh cards in our collections guys um it's easy to throw money at like some super awesome one of one that you know was created a year ago or a few months ago to be awesome um it's easy to throw money at a vintage card wherever and you know hey it's special but to have a card that's like not really special but to be made special by uh, the story that's behind it, that's something, you know, that, that really is something. And it, because it no longer is a baseball card, it becomes an actual memory, a a physical, tangible memory. And, uh, so anyways, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel very blessed, uh, to have that card in my collection, the story that's attached to it. So I hope you all out there, uh, listening, have a card similar, uh, to that as well and if not you know think about it think how you can uh, make memories with some of these cards uh when it comes to friends or family or something and they'll have more meaning for you down the road um anyways that's my suggestion so uh i'll go ahead and end that here guys i uh thank you as always for listening um i will do a plug for my book here i hardly ever do this i keep forgetting <laughs> but um confessions of a baseball card addict it's a uh, it's available on amazon uh, now's a great time to, to buy it because Christmas is around the corner. Um, you buy it for yourself, buy it for somebody else. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you buy it for somebody else and you want it inscribed, I'd be happy to sign them for you, but you probably have to go through me personally. You just email me, tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com, and I'll hook you up, uh, tell you what the price is. And, uh, you know, you can certainly... Uh, get a signed copy. I'll personalize it to whoever you want. Um, if you are interested, I've had a handful of people do that already over the past, uh, past month or so. So it's kind of fun. You price all my social media. Um, I did a post about how I do get a little nervous when I have to inscribe things because guys like, first of all, number one, my handwriting sucks. Like you think, uh, you get used to doing inscriptions and personalizations and everything after after a year of doing this but nope it's uh, <laughs> i always worry that i mess up they'll mess up or something i'm just used to to typing everything out because i live on a computer um but anyway so yeah let me know if you want one i'd be happy to do that uh or if you just want a copy of it without it being signed amazon.com confessions of a baseball card addict fits great in a stocking wonderful stocking stuffer right <laughs> um but uh and for those of you who have already bought one and read it thank you so much for your support and for uh purchasing it uh and uh yeah i hope you all have a wonderful weekend i say weekend like we're not going to talk again you know until monday but look i'll probably be 
getting on here again at some point this weekend and blabbing about baseball cards again. So uh, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. I would appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, once again for listening. Y'all have a wonderful night.